Hi and welcome to Leitrim Daily. My name is Brett Neerly and you are listening to the Sports Roundup Show here on the podcast. It's episode 217 and today of course we're going to be looking back at a hectic weekend of sport across the county. We'll be talking to Manor Rangers after their fantastic victory in the Glasshouse Cup final on Saturday evening. They beat Carterton United 5-1, some fantastic goals thrown into the mix there as well. We'll be chatting to some of their players and management after that fantastic victory. We'll also be looking back at the last round of games in the Senior Ladies Football Championship Intermediate and Junior Games in there as well. We'll take a look at all the results and also take a look at what that means for the semi-finals, which will be in two weeks' time in terms of who will be playing who. We'll also be taking a look at the junior grades in men's football as obviously our senior and intermediate teams all got a weekend off this weekend ahead of next week quarterfinals. We'll have those fixtures for you also in the show today. And finally, we will be looking at another bit of soccer, this time National League, where we sat down with Niall Moran for a chat about what exactly has been going on in Sligo Rovers over the last couple of weeks as they have taken off from the foot of the table and now sit in fourth place, just two points behind last year's champions, Dundalk, who were in the showgrounds on Saturday night. Niall's side beat them 3-1 in a fascinating fixture. We'll be talking to him about that and so much more about how they've been getting on over the last few weeks. Today's show is brought to you in association with the local enterprise office. And of course, we've been talking about their online trading voucher a good bit on the show over the last few weeks. You can, of course, get your business up and running online and selling to the entire world via that fantastic offer of paying 90% of the cost of a website up to €2,500. So if you want more information on that, check out localenterprise.ie forward slash Leitrim. Or you can get in touch with us here in Leitrim Daily. We'll help you walk through that process. Uh, info at leitrimdaily.com is our address. And of course, you know where you find us on social media, anywhere, just at Leitrim Daily. Before we get into the Gaelic games of the weekend, we're going to give a little nod to Manor Rangers, who secured the Glasshouse Hotel Cup Final on Saturday night. Fantastic game played in very good spirits and a pretty good weather as well on Saturday evening in Ray McSherry Park in Sligo. Uh, entertaining game, 3-1 up in the first half. They pushed on from there and Manor Rangers secured the win with a 5-1 victory with goals from Robbie Cunningham. He had the first two goals while Paul Logan put them 3-0 up. Concession of a penalty in that first half left them 3-1 up at the interval before Brian McDonald scored an absolute screamer of a goal. You can check it out on the Manor Rangers website. I'm oh, sorry, Manor Rangers Facebook page have a copy of the goal. It's around 40 minutes into that second half. And Patrick Wolf with a late, late stri- strike. Uh, he rolled the ball into the box after Brian McDonald had rounded the keeper to give him that opportunity. 5-1, the finishing score. Cartron dejected at the end of the game, but Manor absolutely delighted to have secured a bit of silverware. We'll hear from Robbie Cunningham, Brian McDonald, Sean Gallagher and Thomas McDonald later in the programme. In terms of ladies Gaelic football, some results from the weekend. In the Senior Football Championship, full round of games took place on Sunday morning and the tie of the day was the Glencar Manor versus St. Joseph's Clash, a repeat of last year's championship final and that took place up in Bogon on Sunday morning. Played behind closed doors, of course, as are all games this time of the year because of COVID. It was 1-9 to 1-9, a draw in that particular clash. Uh, fairly bruising encounter. Uh, there was a sin bin in for Louise Maguire on the St. Joseph's side. It didn't seem to affect the game too much in terms of the score because it's nip and tuck the whole way through. Manor just weren't able to break down 
fairly blanket defence from St. Joseph's. And once they got going, Joseph's were well able to keep that scoreboard ticking over down the other end. They will meet each other, of course, in the semi-final of the championship based on the fact that they finished second and third in that group. St. Francis went down on a scoreline of 224 to 2-8 to Ballinamore. Shauna Heslands, Ballinamore now finished top of the group. I don't think anyone would have predicted that at the start of the year, but they've been really the success story of the season so far. It sets them up for a semi-final place against Kilt Hubbard, who beat St. Bridget's 3-16 to 3 points. Uh, Ballinamore would be expected to come through that game. We know we had Anya Tai here on the show on Friday, and she kind of said that it's going to take a big, big ask to get them there. Anything is possible, though, so don't hold your breath in terms of, of anticipating anything out of that game, but it does mean that Ballinamore will go into that game as favourites, and then in the county final, should they get there, they will face the winner of Glencar Manor versus St. Joseph's, uh, finishing up that league table there. In the Intermediate Championship, also two games played Sunday morning. Anaduff, six points. Keeldra Gales, 10-8. While Drummer Hare, 3-11. St. Mary's, two goals was the final score in the Intermediate Championship. In the Junior Championship, FINA 3-9, St. Joseph's B, 5 points, while St. Francis B versus Glencar Manor Hamilton was awarded to Glencar Manor Hamilton. What that effectively means in the finished group tables is in the Senior Championship, Ballinamore, Shauna Heston's finished on 9 points, 4 wins and a draw, while St. Joseph's with their 3 wins and 2 draws finished on 8 points. Glencar Manor, 3 wins, a draw and a defeat leaves them on 7 points. Kiltobert take the last semi-final spot, that is two wins and four points to go with that from their five games, while St. Francis and St. Bridget's will contest the relegation playoff. St. Francis in fifth place with two points, St. Bridget's at the bottom of the table, five defeats in their five games for a very, very young St. Bridget's side, so interesting to see how that develops in time. But one of those sides will be relegated to the Intermediate Championship and will, of course, be replaced by one of the intermediate sides. Drum and Hare have set the pace. Four wins from four puts them eight points at the top of the table. Mohal, three wins in their four games, leaves them on six points. St. Mary's in third place on four points, while Kieldergales survive to fight another day and get that semi-final spot two points from their four games with their win over Anaduff at the weekend. That leaves Drum and Hare playing Kieldergales in their semi-final, while Mohal and St. Mary's will lock horns in the second game. In the junior championship, Drum Kieran and Glencar Manor could not be split at the top of the table. Seven points each. I'm not quite sure what the county board are going to do on that because obviously the two sides drew when they played each other back on the opening round of games. Phoenix St. Collins in third place there on four points, while St. Joseph's B, they edged out St. Francis B in that tie for the last semi final spot in that group as well. They have two points from their four games and will face either Drum Kieran or Glencar Manor B in that semi-final so interesting times ahead for both of those teams Uh, we'll probably let you know on the weekend in terms of how that will be decided when the county board make a decision on that now it may have been a weekend off for the men this weekend at senior and intermediate level but there was plenty of action to keep us occupied at junior a b and c grades over the weekend on Saturday evening in the Junior A Championship in Group 1, Carrigallon 13 points, Clune 410, Glenfarn Kilty 113, Gortletra 8 points. In Group 2 of the Junior A Championship, St Mary's Kiltard 7 points, Avas 115, Anaduff 5-9, Ahawillan 6 points in that particular game. In the Junior B Championship, also on Saturday evening, Muchel 
8-22. Phoenix and Colians, three points, a fairly heavy victory there for Mohol in that particular game. Now, in terms of the Junior B Championship on Sunday afternoon, Alan Gales won 14, St Mary's won 5 in Group 1, while in Group 3, Melvin Gales won 8, Glencar Manor 2 goals and 3 points, a 2-point victory for Melvin Gales in that particular game. Now, in the Vista Med Junior C Football Championship in Group 1, Avas 2-13, Mughal 1-11, while in Group 2, Drumahair 1-8 to 2-11 to Bornacula. So Bornacula edging that out by 6 points in that particular game. Now there is one round of games still left to be played in the Junior A Football Championship but all matters have been decided in terms of who will progress and who won't. Unfortunately for Gortletra and Ahawillan, nothing can save them and put them into the quarterfinals at this point. So that would mean that Cloon and Glenfarren, Kilty Clogher, Carrie Gallen and Glencar Manor Hamilton will progress from Group 1 of the Junior A Championship while Ahavas, Shauna Heslands, St Mary's and Anna Duff will also proceed from Group 2 of the competition. Uh, there's no mathematical way that any of the other teams can get back into the competition at this point. However, it does mean that we will have a myriad of possibilities as to who may face who in the quarterfinals. We will know more once those games take place. There's way too many permutations to go into that. Those games scheduled for the 5th of September. So they'll take place in two weeks' time. In terms of the Junior B Football Championship, three groups of three teams with the top team going into the semi-finals and the best runners-up spot also getting a semi-final spot. Now, what that means is that the top of each group has already been decided. Alan Gales, two wins from two, puts them into the semi-final. Muhl, also with a 100% record after their two games, will join them, while Melvin Gales will take on that third spot in the semi-finals. There's one semi-final spot up for grabs. It will go down to the winner's of the last games there's three games all of these teams have played one game each and have been beaten so just the way it's worked out is quite symmetrical Sean Heslin's plays St Mary's uh, with Drumcuran facing Phoenix St Collins and Glencar Manor will play Kiltubbard in the last series of games and it will come down to the best record of those three not necessarily against each other because they're all in different groups but who has the best points difference so assuming that all teams who win will pick up two points. It would mean that uh, Ballinamore and Glencar Manor at this moment in time have the best chance of progressing purely based on the points difference. Yet Kiltubbard minus seven and St Mary's minus nine uh, would be next, but it's very unlikely that no matter what happens, unless there's a heavy defeat uh, for Phoenix and Collins against Drumcuran, uh, that Drumcuran would progress. They're currently minus 12 with Phoenix and Collins minus 43 so that's unlikely to to see them progress but all to be played for at junior b level in the county in junior c we have two groups also with three teams in each and ahavas have secured their spot in that semi-final in a few weeks time uh, with leitrim and mohul with leitrim gales and mohul to face off for who might take that last spot Drumahair's campaign is done in terms of the group. They've played their two games. One win, one defeat leaves them on two points with a minus five points difference. They can't finish top of the group, but they could. Should Bornacula beat Balnaglera, they will go through as the runner-up in that group. Balnaglera win, it will come down to points difference. And at the moment, it's Drumahair who have the negative on that front. So, uh, interesting to see how that will pan out as well. Of course, the last round of fixtures down for the 6th of September with the semi-finals to come after that. So as we said, Ahavas already through, Bornacula pretty much guaranteed a semi-final spot, 
unless they were to lose to Balneglera by 12 or 13 points, I think would be the only option for them to get knocked out of that competition. Highly unlikely situation given the results so far. Now, it's a big weekend for all the sides in the quarterfinals at senior and intermediate level in the county, with the quarterfinals taking place this weekend. In the Senior Football Championship, Alan Gales and Mohol do battle at 3pm on Saturday afternoon in Park Sean McDiarmada, while at 6.30 also in Carrick and Shannon, Fianna St. Collins and Leitrim Gales will do battle. The other two quarterfinals played on Sunday, 1pm in Park Sean, Melvin Gales versus St. Mary's Kiltard, and at 4.30, Sean O'Heslands versus Glencar Manor. All those games taking place in Park Sean McDiarmada. There is one other game in the senior grade, and that, of course, is the senior relegation playoff, and that takes place between Ahoelan and Drumriley in Balnamore at noon. So a busy weekend in the senior championship. Similar in the intermediate football championship quarterfinal starting on Saturday afternoon at 2 p.m. in Balnamore, Ochnashielan versus Gortletra. While at 5.30 on the same day, Saturday afternoon, Carrie Gallen versus Drumcurin will also take place in Balnamore, while Clune will host the relegation final between Eslan and Kiltobert at 5pm. On Sunday afternoon, the final two quarterfinals to be played this weekend in the intermediate grade. Anaduff versus Bornacula will do battle at 12 in Clune, while Balnaglera and Drumahair will meet in Drumshambo at 12 noon so a busy weekend for everybody involved at senior and intermediate grade in the county the best look we'll preview all of those games on friday's show finally in other soccer news we had double representation of course again this weekend in the national league in both men's and women's competitions sligo rovers in action against league champions dundalk and they were in the showgrounds on Saturday night. Niall Moran playing a vital role in a fantastic 3-1 victory. The most unlikely a victory, I think it's fair to say. We'll hear from Niall at the end of the programme today. In terms of the Women's League, Dervla Byrne in action for the league champions this time. And there was no upset. They were won 3-0 against Bohemians in Bohemians' first season in the top flight of women's football in the country. So, Congratulations to Dervila Byrne. That's three wins from three. They currently sit in second place in the table because um, I think Shelburne have played one game more than them, but they haven't conceded a goal yet this season. They have at loan next week, and it's the weekend after when they probably play their first test of the season, really, when they play Wexford. Shell's waiting for them in the long grass later in the season. That will be some classic encounter once it does happen. Now we have a lot of guests on the show today. We're going to start in Ray McSharry Park on Saturday night for the final of the Glasshouse Hotel Cup. And we hear from Robbie Cunningham, Brian MacDonald, assistant manager Sean Gallagher and player manager Thomas MacDonald after their historic success for Manor Rangers. Brian MacDonald, that's some strike to, to get the fourth goal in a 5-1 win. You must be delighted. Yeah, I'm abs- absolutely delighted. I'm delighted for all the players and the team for the shift they put in all year. Nearly, nearly, nearly blew the chance, but just regrouped and I, I just said, all right, calm down, put my foot through the ball and it, it sailed into the roof of net, so yeah, but it, it, a goal's a goal, the team, massive performance, they came out us very hard for the first 20 minutes in the, in the second half and we had to defend really, really hard and eventually we got them on the breaks and the counter-attacks and we picked them off, but a massive performance after a long, a long season. Very disappointed in the league. 
like I was saying earlier, we fell we fell fell away with two two losses near the end. I think the double game weeks just took a toll on our squad, but we had a couple of weeks to regroup. We had everybody out training. We trained hard. Everybody was positive. We knew what we were about, and and we got the result from a hard hard shift. How much do nights like tonight kind of galvanise the? spirit within the club and, and just keep this group of players focused maybe on what's ahead and down a few seasons and maybe keep that league campaign maybe restart it next year and give it another crack I like it it's massive because we it's very hard to win there's some very strong teams in Sligo very hard to win silverware I'm playing a long I'm playing since I'm 17 I'm 36 next month playing a long time in Manor Rangers and I don't have that overly much silverware so it, 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 make, it makes a huge thing to the group we've have you seen there with the squad? There's a good 10 fellas in that 17 to 19 year old bracket coming through, and it'll be huge for them. It'll give them the belief to think that we're the, as good as anybody in the league, and it does really gal- galvanise the squad. The league is starting up again the start of September. It'll give us that push to go at it again. So, looking forward to the league starting again already now. In terms of today, though, from a personal point of view, 3 1 up at the time, last couple of games. Probably not much doubt about the game, although they did have a chance and a good save from your goalkeeper and a bit of a dodgy miss, but we won't necessarily focus on that. But when you popped up with that goal, how much, how nice is it just to, to seal it with a goal of such quality? Oh, it's it's unbelievable. There's um, there's no better feeling in the world. There's no better feeling in the world. The buzz you get, uh, the relief you get, because 3-1 is a dodgy lead. We played MCR in the league there a couple of weeks ago. We were 2-0 up at half-time and absolutely cruising, and we lost the game. So that was bet into the boys at half-time. We were 3-1 up. We could easily lose this game. Two goals is a dodgy lead. But we defended well. We picked Once we got that next goal, I, I was pretty sure that was us home and host. <laughs> well done, Neil. Let's celebrate tonight. Nowhere to go to celebrate, though. Uh, we'll work something. Whether we we spread out outside in some field or something, we, we'll work it. We'll have a good time anyway. Thanks, Bradley. Robbie Cunningham, uh, some victory tonight. You must be feeling great. Yeah, absolutely delighted now. It was... Uh, Last game of the season and the fact that it was a final too, it made it that more just special and we were all fairly pumped up for it at the, from the word go and thankfully it went our way. In terms of your own season, 19 goals, two tonight, kind of get the, the train rolling at the first half. 3-1 up at the half time though, did you know you were kind of favourites to win it at that point or was there any kind of doubt creeping in at all? Uh, well at the half time team talk we still talked as if it was nil-nil, you know, back to square one so um, we were in a good position and we knew that it was in our hands so we said keep playing the way we were we will win this game and thankfully we did so what was going through your head at the start of the night because obviously it's been a, a disappointing end to the season I think it's fair to say the way the league played out in terms of the cup good win in the semi-final a couple of weeks ago you knew you were going to be playing a good opposition here whether it was Carby or Cartron Cartron came through tonight you finished more or less level pegging with them in the league you came tonight what was the thoughts going through your head I was actually just really excited because I've never believe it or not, won a trophy at Manor Rangers. So uh, I really wanted to win this one tonight. And after the season we had, getting so close in the league, I just thought we had a great chance. The pitch was unbelievable and I knew the opposition were very good too, but I, I thought we were every bit as good as them going into the game. And thankfully we scoreline showed it in the end. We were better on the day. <laughs> was it 5-1 though? No, it probably 5-1 no, is a bit uh, exaggerated, but definitely deserved win anyways. Now in your own terms obviously you've transferred in Gaelic terms to, to Meath you're now playing your football up there will you be staying at Manor Rangers or will you be following suit in the in this code as well I don't know what's going to happen now I have a job uh, sorted in a, in a school up in Dublin now so uh, I'll probably keep playing GA up there for the foreseeable 
But um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'd love to continue on playing with Manor Rangers because there's such a good group of lads, and we've had a really good season. But we'll see what happens. Is there a league title in this team next year? No, 100%. If it's the same group of lads plus the young fellas coming in, get a bit more confidence. 100%. There's a there's a league title in us. Listen, well done today. Congratulations on a fantastic season, and the best of luck uh, wherever your football is next season. Cheers, Brefney. Thanks, William. Sean Gallagher, we spoke a couple of months back at the start of the season. We didn't really expect maybe to be here, or maybe you did, in terms of the, the year. It's a nice way to finish the season. Yeah, certainly. I suppose we always set expectations and goals at the start of every season. And, you know, silverware is always something we aim to strive for. Um, that's what we met at the start of the season. The Super League was our number one aim. Unfortunately, we were a wee tad off that. But, you know, we came into this cup with one expectation to win it. We were losers last year and, you know, it, it was a real driving force for us to turn that round and make us victors this evening. Some kind of feel of an event tonight, even though there was no crowd in here. There was a fair few across the steps on the, the government buildings across the road uh, from Manor cheering you on. Nice way to, to kind of have that little bit of a crowd impact, even though they couldn't be inside the ground. Yeah, look, it's very unfortunate there was no crowd here today and there was very little we could do with that. Uh, the club officials and the few that we had supporting us, you know, drove us on. Um, there was the few outside uh, spectators. Plus, I know we would have had a phenomenal amount of people watching on Facebook and just all credit to Dave Cummins and the Granary Bar who uh, helped get that up and running and the commentary and everything. But look... We- we, I think we put on a show and let it be fans here or watching from afar over a TV screen. It was a very good performance tonight and we're all very, very happy and proud of it. Yeah, sometimes cup finals, they, they don't tend to live up to expectations because of the fact that it's a bit of an event and it's a special occasion. But tonight you really put on a show, some fine goals there and that particularly the, the fourth one from Bino McDonald. Bruno. Bruno. <laughs> Bruno. Ah, he's been called worse. Yeah, look, the, the, as you said at the start there, some finals can flatter to deceive, but, you know, we met after the league finished and we put a plan in place and, you know, the plan was to keep it, you know, compact, tight, and we, we have serious firepower. We have Robbie Cunningham, Shamie Ryder, Bruno, uh, to name a few. We have young Oren Gettins coming through. There's loads of goals in the team and today they were devastating. Everyone finished their goals exceptionally well and, you know, there could have been more if we call a spade a spade, but we're quite happy with the five to make sure we won the trophy. Where do you go from here? I know the league was the target this year. You didn't fell a bit short on that, but is that a realistic goal for this group of players for next season? Yeah, well, I suppose, look, the new season is coming fast. Uh, the 12th of September, it starts again because of COVID and the lockdown and everything. The plan is the Super League. We want that more than anything. You know, as I spoke to you back at the start of the year, there will be other outside competitions, the Connacht Cup, the, uh, or, sorry, the, the FEI Junior Cup. But, but our aim is to get that Super League. Um, there's still plenty in this team. We've added some very young additional dynamic players that will come in and add to the squad we already have. So we're really looking forward forward to a very successful 2021 what does this mean to the team and the club oh it means everything like the joy from the the oldest member of the team just walking off there paul scanlon who was exceptional from start to finish right through to matthew Connolly or and uh oren gettins our youngest players you know it means everything at the end of the day you play this game to win and you know we've polished it, the season off on a high and we have the silver where we so want so badly want it well done tonight. Cheers, Brefney. Thanks a million. Thank you. Thomas MacDonald, chance to smile now after a successful season? Yeah, a very successful season. You know, finished second in the league and now to top it up with a, with a cup final win, um, 5-1 victory. I couldn't be any happier. 
Talk us through tonight's game. Obviously, you came in, you knew it was going to be a tough battle. As we said on the show on Friday, you'd shared one, a victory each at home against Carter and your opponents tonight. You came into the game, today's game. What were you expecting coming in here tonight to Max Rye Park? Uh, no, I, I was expecting a real tough battle. And, and look, it, it was a tough battle until we broke them down. Um, I think it was 3-1 at half time. We, we went 3-0 up and we did give away a sloppy goal. Penalty, you know, probably shouldn't have happened. But then we pushed on again in the second half and uh, got another two. We possibly could have got a, maybe a six. There was one or two one-on-ones. So I, I think we de- we deserved a win. But uh, our goalie, and there was a few uh, a few uh, last uh, stitch tackles put in and, um, you know, they, they made us work. They had a little bit of a scare fee at about 3-1 with about 15 minutes to go. Uh, they seem to miss an open goal. Goalkeeper makes a good save, comes back and they put it inches wide. Heart and mouth time? Yeah, definitely. But I, I, it, def, it wasn't an open goal. It was more goalie saved it but dropped it. But it was a real tight angle. I, I think he would have been doing unbelievably well to squeeze it in. He would have been better off to try and pull it back the way. Um, but he, he kicked it wide, so we were delighted with that. <laughs> What's next for this team? Obviously, disappointment this year in the league, the way it all finished up. But uh, where do you go from here? Will you be involved next year? I know the season's kind of almost starting. Pre-season probably starts next week. I think it's two weeks time three max but I think it's two weeks time till it starts yeah I've been told that I'm not allowed to go anywhere so um, we'll take a a week's uh, a week's rest and let the boys get a bit of recovery in and then we'll start back with a a light bit of training but um, you know you see the panel there today uh, there's a a great panel for the coming season so we'll be ready for action I suppose it's not really the night for it, but seeing as we're talking about this next season already, in, in terms of Glencar Manor's progress in the senior championship, of course they have a quarter final next week, possibly a semi final or even a final every two weeks after that. Will that affect preparations now or is it back to the usual rhythm of give a couple of weeks to the Gaelic and then we'll see you in September, October again, boys? Um it it is tricky because next week we have the quarter final of the championship against Ballinamore, so we'll have to see how that goes. That will be a, a tough game. But uh, look again, our panel there, you've seen the size of it. If there was one or two boys unavailable, there's there's brilliant lads to step in. But I, I think the both games will be on on different days, Saturday and Sunday. So we, we'll we'll play that one by year. Finally, just one word about the facilities here because McSharry Park, obviously here in the heart of Sligo, is it looks fantastic tonight. Probably hasn't been too many games played on it in the last few months because of COVID, but the ground staff, everybody involved, it really does help to have a venue like this for for games of this kind of magnitude. Yeah, definitely. Look, I've mentioned uh, Joe Clary before, and I'm going to mention him again because he's the groundsman here and he has the pitch looking amazing. So um, it's great to be able to play a cup final. Uh, at the last game of the season in these conditions so it's amazing What's your final thoughts for tonight? Where are you going to celebrate? I'm, I'm afraid there's no celebrations tonight I think we are going to hopefully meet out at Chanvis and uh, as, a, as a team um, do a lap or two of the town and maybe beep a few horns In the Leitrim Ladies Senior Football Championship, we were in Manor Hamilton on Sunday morning. And after the game, I caught up with Alva Clancy and Pora Corrigan. And then apologies to Michelle Heston, but we were interrupted by the worst weather of the entire weekend just as we started recording. So we have a very short snippet of an interview with Michelle Heston. We'll start there. Michelle Heston, your thoughts after that uh, draw today? Um, yeah, very happy now with the draw. I suppose we liked ourselves again with a deficit to try and come back like I think 
we've started off very slow now in the last few games, so I think that's something that we're going to have to work on in the semi-final. I think we were eight points down again, like so to come back again, like and draw the game. I think we even went up a few points at one stage too. Obviously, like to come up here for eleven o'clock game and like you know try and get the draw or even the win, like you know it's no mean defeat and the exact same. Like if Manor came down to us, like you know, so very happy now with the with the drawing game. I think it was a fair result overall. I have a glance of your thoughts after that. Uh, yeah, we're a bit disappointed to draw, but it was a it was a good battle in the end. The weather was a bit bad, the pitch was a bit slippy, but you know we're disappointed to draw. But I'm, we'll probably meet them again maybe in the semi final. So that's we're all focused on that now. Yeah, you mentioned the, the semi-final draw and I suppose that was always the likelihood coming down here was the way that the tables were lying at the start of the game that you'd play them. That's most likely what will happen now given the draw today. In terms of um, that, nobody seemed to tell you this game was kind of almost irrelevant. That was a fairly heavy-hitting game. Um, I think it... I don't I wouldn't say it was irrelevant, but um, we both teams obviously want to win and we're probably... There's a good rivalry there between us now and, um, you know, it was a good maybe practice run for the semi-final and... Yeah, there was no pulling out or anything. It was all guns blazing. So, you know, we were disappointed to draw in the end, but we'll go again for them. In terms of the actual game, quite a low-scoring game. I know last year's county final was a big ceremony to it. Nobody really at the game today, mm-hmm. other than maybe a couple of family members. And it's it's very different experience maybe to what, where you were playing this time, maybe 11, 12 months ago. Yeah, it's weird. It was probably still a few family members and stuff there that you can hear shouting, but... Um, yeah, it is. It is very weird. I just suppose the semi-final and final will be really different as well. Without the crowd there, probably adds another element to the game. But um, we still just got to go out there and play. And I don't think it really affected us too much that there wasn't really that many people here. But we're just looking forward to the next on, next match. Some heavy hits, kind of dampened down the the game because you like to play a fairly fast running game, moving off each other. And St Joseph didn't really let you get that much time on the ball. They were in your face the whole day. Yeah, I'd say. They're, they're always very tight and you know you, they don't let you get an easy ball and um, we do like to kind of maybe move move the ball fast and uh, get runners going but I suppose with some of the conditions today with the the rain kind of coming down we had to move it a bit slower and be a bit more, more, more patient so we'll just have to work on that and yeah we definitely need to get the scores up. Okay, you're in a semi-final regardless most likely against St Joseph's again but a couple of weeks time you'll face into that semi-final this team have come so close over the last few years there's been two beaten finals uh, what's the, the I suppose the hopes for going into this can you beat St Joseph's can you beat Ballinamore I know you I went down to them in the last round of games yeah we can definitely beat them we know we can beat them but it's just about going out there in that 60 minutes and you know working for it and earning it and we don't deserve anything yet like we've got to we've all been training um, for the past however many years we've all been out in the winter evenings and all that it's just about the the 60 minutes on the pitch and who wants it more and you know we wanted this year but we've just got to go out for the next two games and, and prove that and show that listen well done today thanks very much Pori Corrigan thoughts after that a battle that's what it was we expect nothing else from them we started off great and uh, we were kind of wondering was Ray playing games with us and you know taking his foot off the pedal a wee bit and then they kind of at the water break first water break they regrouped and they got their matchups better um, on our players and then it was pure battle from there to the end, you know. So this looks like it's going to be the parent for the semi-final as well. How much do you read into kind of what happens today when it comes to maybe uh, two weeks' time when you play that game? Um, I think the intensity will be different. Although you know that was, as I said, a good battle. The intensity will be up because there's all there's winners on both teams, you know, and they, 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 you know they, they, both teams will know they'll have to up it. If one team doesn't up it, the other one will win.
at a canter. So it has to be, you know, everyone goes to war in two weeks' time. Played in front of no crowd today. The referee was very involved with the, your sideline. You could hear nearly everything. What was happening when you had a little chat midway through that third quarter of the game? Uh, look, at it, it, it's the heat of the battle kind of stuff. Look, I, I know Eugene. We used to work in the same, same job. He, um, we do feel that our forwards sometimes when they're going through are dragged down and stuff like that and it's happened over the last two or three years so uh, you know Ray's queued out he goes he goes out and talks to them nice and quietly and maybe I react in the in the wrong way so like you know I I, I talk to Eugene no problem you know like no, no, no problem with Eugene or anything like that just maybe I should maybe I should learn from from Ray, uh, you know, a bit of cuteness with the referees, and you know he's in the rear, but in in a choir kind of way. So, listen, well done today. Your star. Thanks, Millie. Good luck. On the men's side of the house on Saturday evening in Balneglera, Glenfarren Kilty beat Gortletra one thirteen to eight points. After the game, I spoke to Aidy McCallion, the Glenfarren manager, while Terry Kelleher of Gortletra also spoke to us about his experience of playing back in junior football in the county. Aidy McCallion, thoughts after that game? Um, I suppose at the end of the day you come in, you just want to win the game. Um, we made fierce hard work of it, but you know, we came here to get a win. That's ultimately what we got, and that's great for us. We move on now for two weeks' time against Clune um, and just progress from there. I suppose today the first half started brightly, took six points into that half-time lead, but Gortletra really had empty in that third quarter. What happened after half-time? Did you go to sleep a bit or did Gortletra raise their game? Uh, I think it was probably a mixture of both. Um, Gortletra came out in the second half, um, just blew us away basically. We just couldn't match them. And then once we got the second water break, um, probably a few choice words were said. And then we just sort of tried to uh, refocus ourselves and, and, and go again. Um, I thought we needed the goal probably to settle ourselves and, and we were lucky enough to get it. Um, we coughed up numerous chances of, of goals and, and, and extra scores, but you know, if I play to Gartletra, I know, I, I know it's tough and, and coming up here and, and playing a game of football, but the, uh, as I say, they, they just turned the screen in the second half and once the once team gets on top, it's very, very, very hard to try and turn them back. You did manage to turn that round. You said the water break came at a good time for you, but it was two points at that stage. You ended up with a comfortable enough margin, six, seven, eight points in the end. I'm not quite sure, but uh, the goal really kind of settled nerves and you never looked like losing from that point. Yeah, we were always lucky that we were, you know, I think Garletta got it down to two points a couple of times and, and it had been interesting to see if, if they had got ahead, what way we would have responded. But, you know, um, I think credit to our lads, they dug deep, um, as I said, Maybe a few, a few interesting words said during the water break and, and, and got us back on track. But, um, you know, it's, 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 it's football. You know, if you let a team get, get a run at you, it's very, very, very hard to try and turn it. Tonight's result confirms your place in the quarterfinals. In terms of where you'll finish in the group, a victory next week against Clune, they beat Carrie Allen comfortably tonight. So a win tonight, or a win next week against Clune, we'll see you top the table. You could fall anywhere from first to probably third in the group, though. Does that bother you at all in terms of where you finish up in, in the group? No, at the start of the year, um, our aim was just to, 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 to qualify. It doesn't matter. Um, I, I'll be honest, I haven't really paid much attention on, on the other, other division. Um, we just take each game as it comes. I know it's a silly old cliche, but you know there's no much point looking planning ahead if you don't win your win your games. So it's um it's important that we just do our stuff. Um, again, doesn't matter because I would say that whoever gets through will will be 
jumping at the bit to win the championship, so it would be no different. How much of an advantage is it to have first pick on a team, to be a first team in a competition that's predominantly second teams? Yeah, I think I said this before, it's very tough on, on other clubs that have to play intermediate or senior championship and then maybe try and get a team to go out the next next night. Um, so it, it, it is very tough on them and, and we're, we're lucky that we're a, a first team. Um, we're also unlucky that about 75% of our lads are, are away um, and we, we struggle during the week to, to get numbers out but you know it's it's it, it is an advantage but there's also disadvantages to it so you know I do feel do genuinely feel sorry for for other clubs that are in that position but it's a strange year so who knows what could happen yet well, listen well done tonight thank you very much chat to you later Terry Keller Gord Letra uh, that's uh, three defeats in, in this junior championship but I suppose it's really all about getting out and getting games at this level yeah, exactly. It's about getting games for the fringe players for the first team and uh, we know that we're up against it with the few first teams that you have there. We've already faced Clown and we've faced Lenfarn there tonight. It's very tough when you're facing the, the first teams because they have got, you see some of the players that are out there, like when you're coming out and f- facing like uh, Fergal Glancy that from the, he's, he's still flying it out there, kicking great points and they have a lot more, Lenfarn have a lot more strong lads. You've seen there in the first half, they were very impressive, kicked some fantastic points. So... It's just about when you're a second team, you just you're about getting the numbers together and uh, just trying to trying to put in a bit of a performance. In terms of your own position, I suppose normally we'd know you as a, a lively corner forward back in the day. You won a Connacht Minor Championship at Leitrim back in 1998. I don't want to put an age on you, uh, but in terms of I suppose how your career has developed, you're playing kind of floating sweeper today. When did that kind of happen? Well, I actually wasn't a floating sweeper. It looked that way because I was so far away from my man, but. Uh, they discovered they, they turned me into a back at the, in the club a few years ago. They don't realise the talent I have as a forward. They seem to have forgotten, and maybe someday I get back up to the forwards. And you know, I haven't much years left, but I'm hoping someday that I get back up there to see what I can do. In terms of how important this club is or this team is within the club in Gortletra, what's the? I know we spoke to Porik on the show a couple of weeks ago. Yourself, obviously, you've been around a few championships. You've played a lot of senior football, both with the county and with the club. How nice is it just to get out and play a bit of football uh, on a Saturday evening here? Yeah, I'm not as enthusiastic as Joe Cox was last weekend, no, but it's it's grand to get out and play games. We'd rather be winning, but there today here, we started off very poorly and we got back into it, so it's enjoyable. When you're not getting bet out the gate, it's it's not so bad, and we're here. here. If we didn't have a second team playing out there, it'd be tough for the, the first team to get lads, keep lads out training and get that sort of thing, so we kind of, we, we see ourselves as a feeder team for the, the first team, and hopefully some of the, some, there's lads like David Mulby come back there today, play the game, and it might help his match fitness for the latter stages of the intermediate championship, so that's how we see our role, them little bits and pieces to help the first team. In terms of the overall role of the first team in the club, what's the mood like going into, I suppose, the quarterfinals in the intermediate championship next weekend? Um, I don't be over in, in the park training much, but I'd be hoping that the mood is pretty good. Like We were going very well, and we got a bit of a grounding last weekend when we lost uh, over and off. So we're hoping that it will turn into be a, a positive thing for us in the future. So we're hoping that that will give us be a wake-up call. We're facing Otten Sheelan, which is definitely going to be tough because we've had some battles with Otten Sheelan over the years. I remember when the, back when we were trying to get out of intermediate, we had some ding-dong battles with Otten Sheelan, and it's going to be nothing handy against them. But we're hopeful that we'll we've get a few more boys back from injuries, and we're hoping we'll give that intermediate championship rattle. Well, listen, hard luck tonight. Uh, the best luck, I know you've one game left in this level. It probably won't affect your ability to get to a quarterfinal. I think, given the results tonight, that's you out of the competition in terms of progression. But there's still possibly a relegation promotion playoff to, to survive, maybe, to, to, in the next couple of games. Yeah, here, we'll play another couple of games, and wherever we finish up, we finish up. So Hard luck tonight. Thanks very much, Brett. Good luck.
on Sunday afternoon, Alan Gill's second half performance saw them blow St. Mary's out of the water. Level at half time, six points to one three. They blew away in the second half. And Martin Raftery talks to us about his side's one fourteen to one five victory while Willie Guckian joins us from St. Mary's. Willie Guckian, your thoughts after that? Uh, look at Breffney. It's that was a hard defeat, but obviously the black card and Barry Barry getting sent off at the end didn't help as well, but sure. It's our third team now, so we're just happy that we're competing at this level as well. It's, it's not it's not easy to get a third team out, but we had 20, 22 lads there today, so like once once we're out competing, like to some game lads getting games as well, like so that's it. Like happy happy to be out on a Sunday kicking a ball. In terms of the actual competition, because you were well in it for the first half, and it was really only in the second half when they're probably their fitness told. But for that first thirty minutes, you were well able to compete with them. Ah, uh, yeah, the first thirty minutes was was fairly decent I think it was 1-3 to 6 at half time so we're fairly level at half time now so I think the, the black card in the second half just they got 4 or 5 points in that when the black, we had a lad down so, so that sort of helped them a good bit so at this level probably junior B level organisation and discipline probably plays a ma- massive part in terms of how the game goes is that a, a kind of a lesson to learn maybe as this competition progresses for you Ah, yeah, but sure. There's a lot of lads that we had starting there today. They were, had a full 60 minutes last night in the Junior A competition, so that's another thing to take into consideration. So there's a lot of tired bodies out there as well. Like, so that's the way it is. What lessons do you learn from today to bring into the, ne- the rest of the competition? <laughs> I don't know. I suppose all we can do is try and keep the score li- score difference down because fucking um, obviously the top top Alan Gales are going to go straight through to the semi-finals now after their win and their two games so obviously it's the best place second place out of the three groups so I don't think the group that Mohol are playing in the second person isn't going to get out of that I'd say at the score difference last night but hopefully we can turn it around against Ballinamore next day and we take it from there see what it is It's a hard luck today but the best luck for the rest of the championship Thanks very much Martin Raftery thoughts after that? Um, yeah I was just happy with the result at the end of the day um, we knew Carrick is going to be a tough battle coming down here I think we were just uh, just a little bit uh, too fresh in the legs today for them, but uh, it was a good battle and, and a good test going forward. A lot of young lads on that team, lots of running. You just seemed when you wanted to in the second half, you could just cut them open. Yeah, yeah, we, we have, um, you know, as, as I said, there's a lot of lads there on the fringe of the first team. We have lots of youth on the team, and, and we have a big panel there today for, for our second team. There was, we actually didn't even have a second team last year, so it's great to see it this year. We had, a, you know, maybe 10 or 12 lads on the bench there that were, were fit to come on and make, a, make an impact, so we're happy where we are at the moment. How big of a factor was it the fact that it's your second team versus their third team in terms of the quality? You just seem to have that little edge on them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, it is a massive thing in, in all fairness. Um, as I said, we have lots of lads there who are pushing for senior panel and probably have a lot more done in terms of fitness. And I think that showed there at the end. So, yeah. A couple of faces we'd see from watching your senior team line out over the last few weeks. Shane Walsh has been there there about senior team for the last few years. He had a starring role today. Um, how much of an addition is he to, at this level? Should he be playing at this level? Uh, that's fairly uh, yeah, the quite loaded question. Um, uh, well, look, I mean, he is a second team player. Like, there was a few lads injured for the first day against Manor, and you know, it is a short season, so it's actually I think it's good. You get lads that you know, everyone wants to play football, so we're getting more football. Uh, it's a short season, so I think yeah, it's it's a good thing. What do you take out of today's game in terms of going forward into the rest of the championship? Um, Sure, look, you learn, every, every day you go out, you learn a little bit more about yourselves. As I said, with the way the season is now, like you know, we wouldn't have had many training sessions together. Lads don't really know how to operate with each other, but uh, we're just starting to click and getting the forward play going. And uh, yeah, it's good building going forward. Is a junior B championship in this squad, or are you really just about giving lads run in anticipation of a senior campaign? Well, like as you said, there, this is this is our 
it's our second team, so I don't think if we didn't have the ambition to go out and win this now, we, we'd have to look at ourselves. But um, there's a couple of other, like I know Mohol are very strong on the other side of the group, so we'll be looking looking ahead to that. They've they have a lot of first team players as well, and they're they're putting up massive scores. So, um, like, yeah, we 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 we, we, we uh, think that we have a chance of winning it. Yeah. Well done. Thanks very much. Thanks, Martin. And finally, I'm joined by Niall Moran to talk about how Sligo Rovers have hit the ground running since the league restart. Zero points coming into the restart from four games. They've now picked up four wins from five in their last five outings, including a fantastic from-behind victory, 2-1 against Waterford last week, and an amazing victory against Dundalk on Saturday night, 3-1, the final score there. Here's what Niall had to say when he called into us earlier this morning. Niall Moran, welcome back to the programme. Thanks for having me back. It's uh, It's been a strange kind of week, 10 days for you over the last 10 days, I suppose. Since we spoke to you last, there's been a complete roller coaster going on in the showgrounds. Let's start with the bad stuff and let's work to the more positive stuff. So about 8, 10 days ago, you now played in Cork. Dub is a big crunch relegation battle. Sligo Cork, both battling out at the bottom of the table. And it just didn't go well for you at all. What happened in Turner's Cross? Yeah, no, it didn't go well for us at all. Um, obviously, we'd come off the back of two good performances against Derry and Shelburne. I think our hopes were high going down to Cork because, as I said, we were off the back of two performances and they weren't in the best run of form. We went down there and it just wasn't our night. Um, we had one or two chances early on and kind of the way it's going in these games, especially with no crowd, if you go ahead, you kind of stay that way, you know? So um, we definitely missed those chances at the start and they came back to punish us. They nicked one, I suppose, halfway through the first half and it was nip and tuck then. We had a few more chances, but uh, late in the second half they went on to get another one or two and just wasn't our night. Yeah, it was. I watched a bit of the game because I suppose the gods were in your favour in some respects in terms of it didn't actually get to the televised platform online because there was a problem with cameras and whatever and um, there was a load of kind of discussion about what actually happened but there was um there was no game live on the tv or on, on watch loi.ie the platform and so i suppose sligo fans were kind of uh saved from from watching it which was probably a blessing on everyone's mm-hmm. behalf but then four days later you're back in showgrounds waterford it's been i think it was the fourth time the game was fixed because it was cancelled originally because of weather and then it was cancelled because of covid and then it it got cancelled again for, for waterford had another player who had suspected covid and you went one nil down it didn't look great and then all of a sudden it was like lazarus you just the second half performance was exceptional from waterford or from not from water from yourselves you just came out in that second half i don't know what liam and john said to you at half time but it obviously had the desired effect alex cooper's goal in injury time from a free kick uh, slightly opportune but it was still it was well taken and it was well executed back of the net 2-1 win there must have been some buzz in the team after that game yeah it was a serious um Serious mood booster for us, you know. Um, obviously, we were expecting a big performance out of ourselves after coming back from Cork. Um, and then after going 1-0 down, we kind of we said to ourselves, we need to turn this around. We felt we were in the game and just kind of regrouped at halftime. And we went out and thankfully we won the second half. And uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a good day all around. And then fast forward to a game that nobody really gave you a chance of winning. Probably even most involved in Sligo Rovers would have taken a draw going into the match but 
you're playing league champions Dundalk, albeit in a very rocky patch for them. They lost their manager midweek. They got knocked out of the Champions League midweek. But normally in those circumstances, you expect teams to rally back. But it never quite materialised for them. Now, they were decent. They were definitely in the game. But you got one on the break, and then you got two on the break. And then all of a sudden, it was just... You saved a penalty. Ed seems to have an unbelievable record against uh, Patrick Hoban. Great save in the end. He went the wrong way, but he got his hand back and knocked it over the bar. But in terms of the performance, like beating the league champions, now Sligo have a record of doing that. You beat Dundalk last year in, in Sligo. You beat Cork the year before, who were the reigning champions, down in Turners Cross. I don't know if you were involved at that stage. You might have just been at the start of your, of your time with the club, in the professional ranks of the club. But... You have this habit of really pulling out massive performances against the big, big boys. And 3-1 winners on the night, like, that's a statement. Like, you're now in the European spots-ish, depending on how the, the cup final goes. But generally, fourth place is good enough to get into Europe. Like, what's going on in the club? Because this is a different slag of Rovers than what we saw back in February and March. Uh, yeah, just touched on the Dundalk game. Uh, I don't think there's as much pressure on the the lesser teams as there would be on the likes of Dundalk. They know that they should be coming down and trying to beat us. But um, we go out and we have nothing to lose. It's not like they didn't cause us any problems, but we just hit them on the break a few times. And I think that's a big difference in our game now. We're taking our chances going up the field. We're creating a lot more. And uh, yeah, it does. It kind of turns our season around a bit. Like you said, we're up to fourth, um, but there's nothing between fourth to eighth, I think. So um, I think it's the highest position the club has been in a long time. And we're just looking to keep that going. I think we've all come back from the break um, seriously motivated. And I think that's stood to us in the games. You can see like we're working very hard and it's paying off. But something's different about the club than maybe, say, six months ago, because... There was a, and this is just from the outside looking in, being at games, but there was a kind of an air of dejection almost back in the club in February, March. What's different now? Yeah, it's a, it's amazing what a, a win or two can do for a team and the club even in general. It seriously lifts the mood and um, like I said, when it's so tight, um, the season is completely turned on its head. You're looking up the way instead of down the way. I suppose, like you said, in February or March, it wasn't looking too good. You lose first few games of the season and everyone's kind of panicking but um, I think with the long break that we had it was kind of playing on our minds the whole time sitting bottom of the table and we've came back and we've tried to undo that and thankfully we have. It's a huge indicator as to what's possible within sport in terms of those kind of comebacks people see it maybe on in games where a team goes one behind and, and scores two to win like he did on uh, midweek last week and like even Finn Harps did yesterday for example it was a great comeback win in, in dying moments to score two late goals but I suppose the league this year has been very unpredictable like top teams are losing to, to supposed weaker sides uh, results are so difficult to predict in this division this year what do you put that down to? I put it down to the, the shortened season nearly every game is like a cup final you know um, and as you know the table it's one week you're up, next week you're down because it's so tight and congested the, between 4th to ninth, even, you know. And if um, you really have to be beating the, the teams around you to put a bit of breathing space between yourself and everyone else and kind of like we did the last day against the dock, you have to look to take points off the top teams to help your case. Now, you mentioned something in there that I want to probe it a little bit more and that's beating the teams around you because I suppose coming into this second portion of the season for want of a better word people would have identified 
yourselves, Finn Harps, Cork and possibly Waterford as being the teams that might struggle. Now, of those three teams, you've played everybody, of course, at this point. We're at the halfway point in this shortened season. You've lost two of those three encounters. Is that a worry going forward? Are you happy enough that you can take points off the, the bigger sides, the likes of Dundalk that you beat the other day? Um, you've also had victories over Shells, as we mentioned. But in terms of, of that going forward, is, is that a concern that, that that is an issue? Or are you happy enough that the points against Shells, Dundalk, Derry will, will lift you out of that? Because when you're losing six pointers, you have to win two to make up for that. Yeah, I think um, you do have to beat the teams around you. But also then... They could be picking up points elsewhere, um, picking up shock results or any of that. So you can never be too safe. You have to go out every week trying to, to beat everyone, you know. But um, it is a new round of fixtures. We have to, like, we'll have to go up to Dundalk now, play them away. We'll have to travel to Tala. But uh, then again, we'll we'll have some of the teams around us. They'll have to travel to Sligo. So, um, yeah, it's a new round of fixtures. And uh, I suppose we'll just have to try and pick up as many points as we can. I'm loving the confidence there. It's like, we have to go to Tala, we have to go to the dock, but others have to come to us and in the same breath. I love it. In terms of your own performance, how have you felt the last month has been for you personally? I thought it's gone all right uh, so far. Uh, played pretty much every game. I came off against Cork um, with a little niggle, but um, obviously I'm, I'm happy with how it's going. Um, four wins out of five and I feel I'm playing well, so it's, it's all good. There's been a bit of, obviously, the fact that the watch LOI service is there. I keep talking about it. It's because it's so important to the league now. We can't get to games, so it's the only way we have of checking it out. It's seriously good value. €55 Euros for every game in the league is, is unbelievable. But in terms of, um, there's been a few anomalies with it. Uh, people have, some of the commentators maybe not quite as up on the league as they possibly could be. I think Dara... Um, Maloney the other day gave you an identity change you were Morahan rather than Moore and I don't know if you knew that but he mispronounced your name the whole way through the unless you've changed have you? I haven't no, no. no. Um, but he mispronounced your name the whole way through the show and, and sometimes um, others have kind of gone oh he's only 19 he shouldn't be playing every week and what do you say to that kind of c- criticism in terms of um, just because you're young it's like I, mean, I think you're 20 now but, but they're saying kind of he's a young lad get him out of the team just because he's young even though you've shown over the last few months like you were player of the year or player of the month back at the start of the season when it was happening um, do you have any concerns about that or are you happy just to be in the team week in week out do you even worry about that sort of stuff I don't worry about that at all no um, I think kind of anyone that is young or even elderly people would say that age is just a number if you're good enough you're old enough you know um, so it doesn't bother me at all I'm just happy to be in the team week in week out and uh just once I get out there, I'm able to do my stuff and none of that bothers me. You're up against some of your old underage and maybe for a little bit senior teammates as well next week. Uh, you'll be looking at Liam Kerrigan and up against getting kicked probably most likely by Jack Keeney. <laughs> in terms of, obviously you're playing UCD away in the Cup on Sunday evening. So does that come into the reckoning at all? Obviously that was an option for you at one stage, but you've chosen to stay at Sligo. How does that work out? Um, yeah, it was an option for me at one stage after leaving school to take my education up to UCD, but um, uh, I ended up staying in Sligo and I'm happy with my decision and I suppose when it comes to the politics of things, it all leaves once you step on the pitch, you know, so um, it's just like any other game, even though you'd be playing against a few old mates, but um, like I said, once you step on the pitch, all that is gone. So you'd be quite happy to kick Jack Keeney back? 
I'd have no problem with it. <laughs> I'm sure he'll hear that. He'll, he'll be lighted up to kick you now. Not that he's ever known to do that at all, ever. Uh, in terms of uh, where your career goes from here, obviously there's nine games left, plus possibly a cup run, a nice run to the semi-finals of that last year. How important is the cup in terms of the season that's, that's there? Because you're currently in that spot that you don't quite qualify for Europe unless somebody in the top three or yourselves wins the cup. So is that a, a realistic goal? Is Europe... Because everyone, that's, that's why everyone's attention turns to. Is Europe a realistic target for this group of players? Or is it still a case of let's secure our, our status in the Premier Division first and foremost and see where we can build from there? Um, I suppose when you get up, I suppose the top four or five for the first time in a long time, like people, I don't know if they'd be getting ahead of themselves, but it'd be in people's minds. Geez, we're in a spot here. We can push on. We see we're only a few points off Dundalk. If you pick up another win or two, you're you jump them, you know. Um, but yeah, like everyone always wants to do well in the cup, and we're no different. We see UCD on Sunday. We've came up against them in the cup before. Um, so yeah, we we'll just go out, um, and obviously we'll give the cup our best run. And I suppose in terms of cementing a place in the league, we'll just keep looking up the way and and hopefully it turns out in our favour and we'll end up in a European spot. Yeah, no, it's an absolute crazy season this year in the League of Ireland. Well worth checking in for anybody who is uh, following the league and I suppose even that last 10 minutes for Finn Harps last night, it was 1-0 down on 80 minutes and they won the game 3-2, an absolute roller coaster of a ride. But, but those kind of games have been happening all season. The Duck did something similar against Waterford last week. So it's all very uh, unpredictable. It's drama at every single turn in the League of Ireland this year. Niall Moran's been part of that with Sligo, with their late comebacks, with their totally unexpected victories against uh, the likes of Dundalk last weekend, which was not expected by anybody outside of the Sligo camp, but fantastic to see it happen all the same. Niall, thanks very much for dropping in. Uh, the very best of luck to you against UCD in the Cup. Enjoy your little bit of a league break and then back to that hunt for European action. It's it's strange that in in two weeks when you come back to play your next league game at home to Finn Harps, you could go third in the league, but also if it doesn't go well for you, you could be eighth, two points off the bottom. So it's, it's such a bizarre season that there's serious ramifications for everybody involved, probably from third or fourth down to tenth. And really it's a case of watch this space and see how it goes because any club could go in any direction like you've done you've been the, the stars of the the restarted season four wins out of five it's it's good for a form as shamrock rovers at the top of the table in the last five weeks so uh, well done to you and your teammates for that uh, thank you very much And that's all we have time for today, folks. Thank you so much to Niall for dropping in and all of our other guests over the course of the weekend for chatting to us after their victories and defeats and draws alike. It really, really does add to the show to be able to have so many fantastic guests make themselves available after games. My sincere thanks to absolutely all of you. Next week, we have the National Athletics Championships with a bit of Leitrim representation in that, while we'll also be talking senior and intermediate football championship quarterfinals as well as some of the relegation playoffs due in the next week or so on the show we'll talk to you on friday